This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you? Good. I hope you're not going to gloat over the uh, over the Alabama victory over Notre Dame. Um, but uh, we've got somebody very important on the line right now we should get to right away. Uh, it's going to help us break the game down, and we'll talk a little bit of NFL football as well. Of course, I'm talking about Notre Dame uh, legend and Toronto Argo legend and Washington uh, football team legend Joe Theismann. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Morning, Wally. Morning, Naz. Hope you guys are doing well today. We're doing great. and Happy New Year to you, Joe. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, You're welcome. Thanks, guys. It's our pleasure, Joe. Uh, the Irish, uh, you know, we didn't uh, we didn't win the national championship this year. I I look back on it as uh, as a great year for the Irish, quite frankly, who just lost to a uh, perhaps a generational team or generational offensive team in this Alabama team. I I'm not embarrassed by the loss at all. They they lost to a, a pretty good football team. Uh, Joe, uh, your thoughts on the uh, on the Alabama Notre Dame game, uh, New Year's Day? Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. It was uh, it's a little bit like the Clemson game the week before. Um, you know, we're basically a run based offense. Um, Notre Dame all year really hasn't been a team that throws the football much. They they like to run the football. They like to control the game. They had a very long drive in the game. It's just that uh, you know you can hold the ball against Alabama for nine minutes and get a touchdown. They're going to hold the ball for nine seconds and get a touchdown um, with the explosiveness that they have. But I think it's something that Coach Kelly's going to take a step back and look at and say, you know, we need to add an element to our offense to make it more balanced so that we do get behind, we do have the ability to put the ball down the field. And there's going to be a lot of changes at Notre Dame next year. Some of the offensive linemen will be graduating. Ian Book will be graduating. Looks like Drew Pine may be the quarterback going forward. But then again, they may find, you know, you never know down the road uh, who who winds up being able to compete. But I thought we accounted ourselves very well. Uh, I'm very proud of the University of Notre Dame. I'm proud of the things that they accomplished. And uh, go Irish still. Absolutely. Nance? Joe, what do you make of, uh, uh, what do you make of uh, Ohio State's dominance over uh Clemson on Sunday, on Saturday. Dan, I'll tell you, I think Ohio State's defense sent a message that, uh, you know what, this is not going to be a game we're just going to lie down and Alabama's going to wind up, you know, doing what they do. I, I think it's going to be uh, an extremely competitive football game. I think, you know, it proved that the two better teams uh, of the four are going to play one another. Uh, Justin Fields, you just, you know, you wonder about his health a little bit. But I think defensively, uh, Ohio State is, is better than Alabama. 
Um, I think Alabama's always sort of had been a little bit of an Achilles heel, that secondary of theirs. Uh, Notre Dame managed to exploit it later in the game. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be a terrific championship. I really do. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching both, uh, you know, both Ohio State and Alabama play for the championship. I really am. Joe, you're, a, you're an astute observer of quarterbacks. Um, um, there's, there's never been a debate about who the number one uh, pick uh, Jacksonville has the pick this year. Uh, it's always been Trevor Lawrence. Uh, for the first time ever after the performances that Trevor Lawrence, you know, uh, uh, fields the Ohio State quarterback, uh, looks like uh, he's always been slated to go to the New York Jets. Is there any debate there at all uh, been opened up by what happened on the field the other day? I don't think so. I, I think, you know, um, you know, I don't think Trevor really had much of an opportunity. I thought the offensive line didn't give him a whole lot of chances to do much. And, uh, and of course, Ohio State's defense didn't give him a chance much to do. So when you, when you break it down that way and you look at what, you know, what they're capable of doing, what they're able to do, both, both are young, terrific young quarterbacks. My favorite, though, of all of them is a kid out of BYU by the name of Zach Wilson. I think he is, uh, he's a total package. I think he has the abilities to be able to run the football um, if he needs to. I think he throws it as well as anybody I've seen throw the football. So, you know, I think there's going to be three or four kids that are going to help some football teams out going down the road. And I, I just hope that we don't get into this expectation where Trevor Lawrence goes to Jacksonville and all of a sudden, boom, they expect him to, to perform miracles. Normally, when a team takes a quarterback in the first round, especially in the first three picks uh, in the draft, they need more than just that one individual. You know, Jacksonville isn't going to be all of a sudden, you're not going to flip a switch and whoever the quarterback's going to be, in all likelihood, Trevor, and you say to yourself, okay, everything's going to be fine now. Uh, it takes a little bit more and it takes a little time. So, uh, but, uh, but I, I, like, I, like, I like both the kids a lot. Like I said, I really like Zach Wilson. Uh, Ness? Joe, uh, what do you make of Alex Smith's comeback of uh, the year award, which he'll win oh, in Washington? Just, just phenomenal. I mean, uh, you know, if we had Alex, I think the last couple games, it wouldn't be a debate today whether the whether Washington makes it to the playoffs or not. But, you know, these are the kind of games you want to play. And this is a playoff game. Actually, the last three games for Washington have been playoff games. You know, if they beat Carolina, they're in. So now it's up to uh, a major audience on Sunday night. Everybody's going to get a chance to see him play Philadelphia. I believe Alex will be going, which I think is good. And interestingly enough, uh, Taylor Heinke, who is the, uh, you know, other quarterback who played, he runs the offense in a very similar fashion. So, uh, you know, I, I feel good about our chances. I love our defense. You, you know, how many times have we talked about defense wins championships? And I think Washington is one of the best in football. Uh, Joe, bringing it uh, a little bit closer to home, uh, southern Ontario, western New York, uh, where we get most of our listeners from. Uh, the Buffalo Bills are having their best season, I guess, since the glory days of the uh, of the early nineties. Um, your thoughts on the Bills? I, I think the Buffalo Bills are the best team in the AFC. Um, you know, I know Kansas City is is you know the defending champions. I don't think they've. They haven't played well, I don't think, the last couple of games. It seems like if you want to slow down that Kansas City offense, you just take Tariq Hill out of it and eliminate the big plays and make them work their way down the field. Um, I've always liked Buffalo's defense. I think their offense has caught up with it. Uh, Stephon Diggs has added a tremendous amount to that offense. And Josh Allen just continues to get better and better and better. Um, 
I, I like the Bills a lot. As a matter of fact, I like the Bills to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I'll do. I'll say it right now. First time I've said it, I've said it on your show. Okay. <laughs> That'll keep our listeners uh, happy. Josh Allen, um, uh, third year. Uh, what an incredible progression in his game. Um, what really you, is. Uh, your uh, your observations. What's what's a lot? What's allowed him to take it seemingly to an elite level? Well, first of all, you add a receiver like Stephon Diggs, and it makes a world of difference. I mean, all you do, you know, look at the additions and subtractions on teams. Look at the the addition of Stephon Diggs to the Buffalo Bills. Look at the subtraction of uh, DeAndre Hopkins down in Houston, and you see the diff- You see what one what one receiver can do. Uh, Devonte Adams up in up in uh, Green Bay, that what he means to Aaron Rodgers. It, you know, people, uh, you you get that one guy who's a difference maker, and, and Tariq Hill in uh, in Kansas City. I mean, you take those speed guys outside who can make plays with the ball in their hands, and uh, defenses have to be aware of them, which helps you run the football. You know, they go hand in hand. Keeping keeping secondary guys back a little bit more gives your running game a chance to be able to do a lot more. So um, I just, I just, I'm, ex- I'm excited for what Josh has been able to do. I think he's made better decisions. The more he plays, the longer he plays, the better decisions he makes. Because there's no question he has the athletic ability. But now, what kind of decisions do you make with the ball in your hand? Naz, Joe, uh, what do you think the chances of the Packers advancing into these playoffs? I like them too. I think, I think you know, I mean, Green Bay is a tough place to play. Um, they love it up there. They play very well at home. You know, they don't have a home uh, field advantage when it comes to crowds. But if you get dressed to go to Green Bay, you better darn well dress warm. You know, I, I, that's all I can tell you. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the first thing on your mind. You know, it, it's, it's, it's just, it's amazing. I know I played up there. I know what it's like to play up there in, in December and, and late. Uh, you know, you, you, walk, you walk out of that locker room and that cold hits you and it's like, darn. This ain't fun, um, as opposed to, say, walking out in, you know, other places. I mean, I guess the Bills, the Bills can probably say the same thing. If they, uh, if they get exactly. the number two, they get the number two seed, they're going to have a couple of play- home playoff games, assuming they win them. And, uh, you know, Buffalo in, in January can be, can be pretty nasty. Uh, I mean, well, you know, we know what jo- Toronto, we know what Toronto's like in December <laughs> and January. So, yeah. Sure is. Uh, you know what? This is uh, this is Zoomer Radio, Joe. Uh, most uh, myself and Naz included, and most of our listeners are old enough to remember the Ice Bowl uh, back in Green Bay, uh, back in the Jerry, the infamous Jerry Kramer uh, uh, touchdown where he led the block. Uh, so we know yep. we know what it can get like in Green Bay. Uh, certainly, the the Packers are looking pretty good. Another team, uh, another team that's got a big game today are the Brownies. Uh, Cleveland Browns. Uh, they beat the Steelers today. I, uh, they're they're going to the playoffs. Uh, it's been, uh, it's they been are. a long time. I mean, it's you know they're they're sort of losing steam coming down the stretch here a little bit, but a lot of that has to do with players that are unavailable because of COVID protocol. And then you get um, you know you get the Steelers where Mike Tomlin's decided that he wants to rest some of his players. Um, and I agree with that. I think it's it's a long season. People don't realize it's a long trying season. And the most important thing is to have your people mentally and physically ready to go. And I think Mike's making the right choice. They're in. There's no reason to do that. 
I still think there's a little bit of issues when it comes to the Brownies because they, you know, they've shut the facility down time and time again this week. And, you know, I think they may still be without some of the people they need. Um, again, it's, you know, a lot of times this is a chance for like Pittsburgh Steeler backups, guys to be able to show up and almost play themselves onto the roster for next year. And then that's one of the things you want to see is, you know, how well guys play. I mean, how much of a difference is it between ones and twos? That's what we'll find out in Pittsburgh today. And can Mason uh, Rudolph, you know, can he can he play the position? Because let's face it, you you've got Philip Rivers, you've got Ben Roethlisberger, you've got Tom Brady, you've got Drew Brees. What maybe a year or two out of each of them? I know Ben wants to come back, but now you got to see what you have on your roster. Uh, we're talking to Joe Theismann. Joe, I know uh, you, you've uh, you've been kind to us this morning, and uh, you've got other obligations you've got to get to. I, I just turn it over to you Nance. Can, Walter. Walter, you can you can tell you can tell everybody. I've got a tea time <laughs> at nine thirty. Okay, <laughs> and I appreciate you moving me up. I mean, when we did this, it's uh, forty-seven degrees here in Florida, and, yeah. but I still have a tea time. I'm sitting right at the range right now, in a cart facing the wind trying to stay halfway warm but yes i appreciate you giving me a chance to spend time with you and you know i just hope everybody stays safe and understands the protocol in every country um we've got to get through this uh hopefully the vaccines will get we'll get more and more people to them and it we just need to be smart that's the most important thing uh, thanks for that joe uh i will take this opportunity to wish you a happy new year again i hope at some point in time i uh the border's open and i can be doing what you're doing this morning so uh i, thanks so- I sure hope so thank- thanks so much for joining us uh appreciate it and uh and please stay safe and uh hopefully we chat again soon take care guys i look forward to it thanks bye-bye thanks joe theisman uh Naz, a uh, pretty bold prediction by uh, Joe the Throw. Uh, got the Bills going to the Super Bowl. That must uh, uh, caught me a little bit off guard. But uh, some people are starting to uh, start, some people are starting to say that. But it's a uh, it's a tough grind in the. There's a lot of really good football teams in in the AFC this year. I mean, you got the Bills, you got the Chiefs, you got uh, you know you got the Steelers. Uh, the Titans are a good team. You know, and, you Baltimore. Know, Baltimore, the Ravens, we, we don't, you know, the Browns are a good team. Uh, we don't know everybody that's in the playoffs yet. There's still some games today that are going to make a difference. Um, so, you know, it, it seems like all roads uh, go through Kansas City. Um, uh, they obviously are going to have the home field advantage. Uh, but there's, there's a lot of really good teams in the AFC that – you know, it. Uh, I wouldn't call it a crapshoot, but uh, there's, there's four or five teams that, if they do go to the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be surprised. As, yeah, they, could, they could be a team eleven and five and not make the playoffs. Well, uh, yeah, what I read this morning that that's only happened twice in history uh, in the AFC, I believe. A team eleven and five not making the playoffs. There's a lot of teams in the mix, um, and you know, I've always said, I've always said. You know, one of the keys of the success of the New England Patriots over the years, aside from, you know, Tom Brady being the so-called greatest of all time and Bill Belichick being a football genius and, you know, that, you know, the the combination of Kraft, Belichick and Brady, uh, you know, that was obviously I'm not going to denigrate from their achievements, but certainly one of the one of the helpful factors to the patriots over all these years is they always played in a weak AFC East division it wasn't never that difficult for them 
to win the AFC East. And, you know, they ended up with home field advantage so many times in, in their, in their, what's well, been 20 years, 20, 19 years of this era of the Patriots. They had home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And that's just, you know, that's an incredible advantage come playoff time. And I always thought that that was one of the keys to the success of the Patriots. Uh, once again, you know, not taking anything away from Brady or Belichick or Gronkowski or all the great Patriot players, but it's big advantage having home field advantage during the NFL playoffs, isn't it, Ness? It is, but you know what? You got to give them credit for six Super Bowls in twenty years. It's not bad. No, I, I don't I, like. It's not a criticism, but it just you know what? When you, when you're playing most of your playoff games at home. Uh, it is. Uh, it, it makes it easier. There, I don't think there's any question about it. And that's what gives the Chiefs, aside from the fact the Chiefs are the defending Super Bowl champions, and they've got a, a you know a, you know a Hall of Famer at quarterback and some incredible players. You know, having that home field advantage, you know, in the NFL, perhaps more than uh, any other sport, makes a huge difference at playoff time. What do you think of the cell phone? Throw by Belichick. That Sorry? should go down for yeah. Well, that should be this year's uh, moment for Bill Belichick. Yeah, he's always he's always manages to uh, uh, to create a moment. Uh, interesting. Uh, you know, the Patriots have to regroup. Um, you know, Cam Newton didn't have the season that uh, you he know looked, he looks terrible. Though. Well, I, I you know there's there's when when Brady didn't. Um, you know the way the the Patriots ended off and ended off last season. Um, you know, I, I thought there was something significantly different in the Patriots. They they lost the game. I don't know if you remember this game, Naz. They lost the game against Miami near the end of the season, and they were they were headed towards trying to compete to be the number one seed, and they lost an important game against a mediocre Miami team. And I said, there's something different about this New England team. It's not the same Patriots. And I, and I think that may have been one of the reasons that pa- that Brady left. He, I mean, he could read the tea leaves, and he said, you know what? I don't think this team is going anywhere in the next couple of years. The talent level's not there. And he said, it's time for me. To, if I'm going to keep playing football, it's time for me to move on. And I think that showed this year. Uh, this particular Patriot team, aside from the fact you know, Cam Newton didn't have a great year. Um, I don't think they're all that. I didn't get, I never get a sense that they're all that talented. And, you know, Belichick's a football genius. But you know what? It's pretty difficult to overcome a lack of talent. It, it really, really it is. And I don't, I don't see much in this Patriots team. Um, so the next, and then and I, I've got to think that Belichick at some point has got to think about his future um, after this season. What, uh, what the tea leaves read for him, but uh, thrilled about the Bills. Uh, were you surprised about uh, Weisman's call on the Bills, Ness? Not really. He was, he's been uh, touting them all year, and I'm not surprised. It's going to be either Kansas City or Buffalo in the Super Bowl, but we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I, I'm, I'm almost, I'm, I'm sold on the Bills. I've, I've got to be honest with you, I'm a bit of a skeptic. Uh, Twelve and three. That's fine. Great season. Uh, defense picked it up at the end of the year. Uh, playoff football might be a little bit different. Um, Josh Allen, uh, you know, having having a weapon like Stephon Diggs certainly makes a difference in his game. Um, 
wasn't terribly impressed by Josh Allen in his playoff performance uh, last year, the year before. Um, I think it's a different Josh Allen, uh, but playoffs are playoffs. So the, the wild card here is can, can the Bills take what they've done in this regular season and continue it through the playoffs? I don't see any reason why they can't, um, but uh, we'll see. We're about to find out. Um, you know, we we are Buffalo Bills fans, have been. I've been since the 60s, old enough to remember when they won the AFL title in 1964. Jack Kemp was the quarterback. Had my favorite receiver, Albert Dabinion. I'm sure you remember him, Naz. Yeah, uh, they had some other great players on those teams, and of course, who can forget the great Buffalo Marv Levy teams, uh, Jim Kelly teams, Thurman Munson teams uh, of the of the early '90s, who thrilled us. Um, and this Bills team is looks like it might be about to write its own chapter, Ness. Yeah, it looks it looks that way. And uh, what do you think of Levante Smith? He looks oh, like the Alabama uh, we, we didn't, you know, we just briefly chatted with uh, with Joe, and just to let our listeners know, uh, we're uh, shortly we'll have uh, we're going to be going to our second break. We'll have Eugene Melnick, the owner of the Ottawa Senators, uh, going to catch up with him. There's an NHL season that's about to start in the in the next uh, week or so, week and a half or so, and the Leafs are getting all ready, and uh, the Senators are getting all ready. So we'll uh, we'll be having an opportunity to chat with the owner of the Ottawa Senators. Eugene Melnick, stay uh, listening. It's going to be shortly. But going back to Devonta Smith, Naz, uh, the Irish had no answer for him. Uh, I mean, I give Nick Saban uh, and his offensive coordinator uh, all the credit in the world. Uh, I mean, they just said, let's just get the ball in his hands. And, you know, I, I knew the Irish were in for a tough evening right off the hop. That You know, Mac Jones would step back. You know, the first, first couple of um, series for... For the Tide, Mac Jones would step up, uh, take a couple, couple of steps back from center. Devonta Smith would take uh, two steps back from the line. You know, Jones would rapidly fire it over to him, and, and, and three Notre Dame guys couldn't lay a hand on the guy. Um, you know, it's just this. This is a remark. It's by all by all accounts, he's going to be the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, remarkable, remarkable talent. Um, and just like uh, Brian Kelly had no answer for him, and for that matter, uh, good luck to the Ohio State coach uh, trying to slow him down. I, you know, I said I said before, you know, if Notre Dame was going to get win the game, which was highly unlikely, or if they were going to stay close, they would have had to come up with an unorthodox game plan. Uh, Brian Kelly played it close to the vest. It was Irish were predictable. I said, you know, Irish were going to have to roll the dice. You know, all kinds of blitzing, all kinds of crazy stuff on defense, get physical on the receivers, and they just didn't do that. And, you know, Devonta Smith, the uh, best player in college football this year, and uh, the Irish had no answer for him, Naz, absolutely none. He looks like Stefan Diggs with more speed. Can you imagine? Yeah, he's uh, – <laughs> they couldn't. You know, I felt sorry for some of the Irish defenders. They just, there's no way you could cover this guy one on one. And certainly not, nobody, nobody the Irish had in their defensive backfield. And, and this is with the greatest respect. Like I said, I'm, I'm not here to be critical of this Notre Dame team or of Brian Kelly. I thought it was a great season for the Irish. 
You know, it, it, it's not that easy, you know, winning the national championship. And, but the Irish put themselves in the conversation. You know, they became, they've become a top five team. Uh, and there's no shame in that. You know, you lost, you know, you lost to a great, great football team. And Ohio State's got, a, they've got a pretty good football team too. And, you know, the, it appears obvious the two best teams have made it into the national championship game. And it should be a thriller. It really should. You've got two two teams with a lot of NFL draft choices uh, there, and it should be an interesting, interesting uh, battle between the coaches as well. Um, I, I don't know how you defend DeFonta Smith, but my guess is the only way to defend him is you got to make sure the quarterback doesn't have much time back there. you got to get pressure on the quarterback. You give Mac Jones time, there's no way you're covering this guy. There's just, and then you got then you got to deal with Najee Harris, who knows how to who knows how to hurdle a guy, a defender six feet off the ground. I mean, <laughs> what a play that, that was! was incredible, eh? You know, you got two hundred and forty pounds. Uh, I don't know what is. I don't know what is. Uh, uh, how fast he does his uh, his sprints, but uh, uh, you know, you got a guy, a punishing runner like that, who hurdles a defender to avoid a tackle. And basically, what was he about? He had to have been at least five feet off the ground. Yeah, um, that's pretty high. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was certainly, you know, Ned, Ned G. Harris is a, an incredible back. Um, so good luck to the Buckeyes, uh, but they look pretty good against Clemson. Clemson's a pretty top-notch team. And the State has an advantage of uh, playing only six games and compared to Alabama playing 12. Uh, I don't know if that's an advantage, Ness. Um, I'm not. Um, uh, you know, it's they, they get they, there's time off uh, between. I mean, the game there's. You know, there was New Year's New Year's Day games, and the, the national championship is 11 days later. I, I'm uh, I'm not so sure that's an advantage or a disadvantage. Um, I, I I don't think it makes any difference. I I don't know what the injury situation is on either team. Um, I, I don't see that as a as a deciding factor at all. It's just, you know, it comes down to um, this comes down to can the Ohio State coach uh, figure out a way to stop that Alabama offense? Um, and and you know the Buckeyes have shown against Clemson that they got a pretty special guy playing uh, quarterback for them. So you know, Bama's going to have to come up with a game plan. To slow him down, uh, talking about the uh, Ohio State quarterback, uh, they got to come up with a game plan to. I, I I think this more than anything else, more than any other game in a long time, uh, the coaches and the game plans are going to have and the ability to adjust um, game plans. I, I I see this as a close game that could go. You know, I still think Alabama's the favorite. But uh, surprise, know, they're eight point favorites. They shouldn't be that high. Um, well, you know, the betters usually are pretty astute. Um, you know, the I don't think you can stop this Alabama offense. The only way to stop them, and you know, you got to take you got to take huge risks. You got to blitz. You got to stunt. You got to hit the receivers. You got to get physical, uh, and you got to put pressure on the quarterback. You you give Mac Jones time back there, and you're looking at fifty points. Uh, I'm actually surprised. I, I think Alabama let up the gas a little bit uh, against the Irish, um, but uh, and, the, and I think that the Irish holding Alabama to 31 points is almost a moral victory. 
Um, Irish did have a good defense this year, uh, but they just couldn't compete at that level. On that note, Naz, uh, we've got to go to break, and uh, we're going to come back. We're going to switch topics. We're going to talk a little bit of hockey and perhaps even a little bit pharmaceuticals with, uh, with our good friend Eugene Melnick. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville and Headbands put our heads together to create the Family Game Night Special. Get two large pizzas with six toppings between them, four dips, six bread knots, or one pound of potato wedges, plus a free Headbands board game, all for just $36. It's the most fun you can have with your bubble. Order at pizzaville.ca, the Pizzaville app, or pound 3636. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. Is only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. Is only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live on the new AM740 in downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. On the internet, streaming, www.zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, the owner of the Ottawa Senators, Eugene Melnick. Good morning, Eugene. How are you this morning? I'm great, Wally. How is everyone there? Everybody's great. Thanks so much, Eugene. Thanks for joining us. First of all, Eugene, Happy New Year. And uh, we wish you all the best of health in the coming year. And uh, how is your health, by the way, Eugene? Everything is fine, and thank you very much. The, uh, I'm wishing all of you guys all the best as well, and uh, looking forward to hockey starting very, very soon. And uh, 
Um, that's all we need to finish off, uh, you know, uh, get rid of last year. And now let's start <laughs> fresh with a whole new season. Uh, we're certainly excited about the the season, uh, Eugene. And uh, <laughs> hockey, uh, NHL hockey, hockey is such, so, such an important part of uh, for a lot of us as Canadians. Uh, we've missed it, and we're thrilled to have it uh, come back in the NHL in the next couple of weeks. Eugene, uh, the Senators. We had an opportunity to talk to Pierre a while ago. Uh, things are looking positive in Ottawa Senators land. You must be thrilled about the performance of uh, your uh, your first draft choice, Tim Stutzel, uh, in the World Juniors. Uh, things are looking pretty good in Ottawa Senators land. Uh, bring us up to speed. Well, I think, uh, yeah, Tim really showed off at the um, at the World Juniors, and uh, we watched every German game we could. And I think that first game was a blowout that um, – Shouldn't have really happened that badly, but you know when you got nine players out and you're not given time to replace them, it's uh, you know it can be pretty brutal. But Tim really showed his leadership. I think uh, he can't wait. He's I'm pretty sure he's already on his way, if not in Ottawa. I mean, this guy didn't fool around. He like took off, and uh, everyone else is coming in. Everybody's already. We started training camp a few days ago, and uh, you know they're all now in. uh, scrimmages and practices and everybody's just, you know just uh, very very excited we've got a lot of new faces of the, a lot of faces that were there as rookies last year coming back now and it's a very young team you know just remember that it's very very young and our best years are coming but uh, you know I think you're going to start seeing things like uh, Tim Stutzla who um, you know showed off at the World Juniors now going to be a little different story in the NHL when he's up against uh, some of the tough tough teams and tough players. But, uh, you know, I, I, I really everybody is so excited in Ottawa that uh, we know that we have something coming and it, it's just going to get better and better every game and every year. Ness? Eugene, what are your expectations and what is a, what do you consider a successful season this year for Ottawa? I think success would be being very competitive, it's, um, you know, the, the Canadian division, I said this as soon as I saw that group, uh, that there's going to be something called the Canadian division. I realized we're in for some real tough competition. Um, you know, I'm not one to sit and applaud the other teams, and uh, especially, you know, in Ontario and uh, Quebec. But these are all improved teams. Every single one of them are. We are improved. I think we're more improved than they're improved. But they really did well. I think Montreal is very strong. Toronto is very strong again. Um, and the West uh, team, Western teams, and plus Winnipeg, and it's going to be tough. I'll tell you, if we can, we just want to be very competitive. I think it's going to be a tight division, um, and it comes down to, unfortunately, only four out of the seven get in, but um, you know, into the playoffs. But uh, you know, for us, it would be just absolutely unbelievable achievement to hit the playoffs, and I think we can. I mean, you never know with these young players, but uh, you know we we're out to protect them. We just uh, you know we just traded and uh, signed up some veterans, some real tough players as well, uh, guys that you do not want to mess with. <laughs> and uh, you know their their mandate is to make you absolutely miserable if you come to Ottawa. You don't want to play Ottawa. <laughs> that's the, that's that's actually the rallying cry. We don't want you to enjoy coming. To Ottawa, when you're a hawk, you know you're a competitive team. We're going to make it absolutely miserable for you, and that's that mainly to, to protect all of these young players. 
you know, we just, uh, you know, we just brought on and, and you guys um, just in the last couple of days and they're on their way in. And, um, you know, you add that to guys like Alchenyuk and, and, and Nisimov playing there to protecting young guys and Branson. Uh, these are monsters, these guys. And, um, you know, you do not want to mess with them. And look, we're looking forward to it. That's all hockey. So as long as, you know, we can play the game, uh, I think we're going to be competitive. And to answer your question, you know, uh, we want to get out of the basement, obviously. And I think uh, we are a competitive team at this point. If you talk to uh, DJ, the coach, or Pierre, uh, they'll tell you that we should be competitive. We should be there um, every game. And um, it will not be easy for teams to just beat up on us at all. We, I think we're going to be uh, surprising a few teams. Uh, we're talking to Eugene Melnick. Uh, you know, we're in an all-Canadian division, which creates some, uh, I guess, some challenges because uh, I think, you know, the Canadian teams, as you said, uh, Eugene, have all improved themselves, as have the Senators. Um, your thoughts about... Uh, the all Canadian division uh, seems like, you know, in Toronto Maple Leaf land, I think we're uh, excited about it. You know, we get to see Connor McDavid more often. Uh, you know, you got some yeah. great young, you got some great young talent. Uh, it, we, the Canucks have some great young talent, and, uh, you know, you create these rivalries. Uh, I'm sure this Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, you know, access uh, could create some, uh, com- some interesting, interesting uh, games. Because uh, your guys are beating heads against each other quite often. Your thoughts well, on yeah. uh, how that's going to play out from a com- uh, from uh, from a fan point of view? Well, I think uh, certainly Canadian fans are all going to get very familiar with the Canadian uh, teams. Um, I think it's going to be very very exciting, and uh, you know that one of uh, the Canadian teams will be in uh, what effectively is a semifinal, and uh, this could be a year where there's a a Canadian team going into the Stanley Cup final, and they could, you know, with a very good shot of actually taking it all. Um, you know, a lot of teams have crested at the top. You know, Tampa's there. They lost a few players. Washington, they're, you know, they've lost a few players. Same with Boston. So, you know, you got, um, we have a very good chance as Canadian teams to be right there, very competitive, and potentially competing for a Stanley Cup in the finals. So I think it's going to be great. I think there's going to be a lot of carryover. Um, you know, for example, if there's a fight or or some real um, you know animosity amongst a couple of players, and they'll just be waiting for the next game to show up, and that's going to probably within a week. So there's a lot of hockey, um, a lot of exciting hockey. I don't think anybody will get sick of um, seeing these uh, star players. And um, they'll just get to know everyone that much better. So I think, if anything, it's going to unify a lot of the fans across Canada, but also make it very exciting. Because everybody, of course, wants to be the Canadian team, including us. Yeah. Ness? Brady Tuchuk. We got to see him nine times. And we got to see <laughs> the other not Tuchuk nine times. Eighteen times in a, in a season. You said there's going to be animosity. Boys, there's going to be animosity. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Brady's a very special player, and uh, he has a way of getting under your skin, and he does it very, very well. And that's part of his persona, and it's also part of his talent. But, uh, you know, you take a look at some of the other ones, that uh, Shabbat, is going, you're going to start seeing that talent bumble up. <clears throat> you know, you've got uh, Norris, you've got Dadanoff. Uh, 
you know, all of these guys. And then, you know, then you're going to have Tim Stutzler to look at. And, uh, you know, don't forget, uh, you know, Sanderson. So you, you've got, you got a lot to look out for, I think. And uh, the same with every team, though. You, uh, Toronto's got some great players that are coming in, uh, as does Montreal. And, you know, as you notice, I'm very focused in the East. I don't know much about the Western teams. I, well, obviously, McDavid. But, um, you know, I'm uh, looking forward to get to know those teams. But, you know, we we have our arsenal, and uh, we're going to do our very best to, to, to uh, compete. And one of those ways is getting under the other team's skin. And Brady's a big part of that. Uh, we're talking to Eugene Mack. Eugene, one of the highlights, I've got to tell you, one of the, one of the highlights, uh, one of the images that I will remember from 2020 um, happened on NHL draft day. And the Ottawa Senators, did the, the way you introduced your draft choices, I thought was just remarkable. Um, I don't know who came up with the idea. I'm about to ask you that, but of course I'm referring to you brought in Alex Trebek, who has since left us and God rest his soul, uh, just a truly class Canadian. Uh, but you brought in Alex to, to do that in, 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 in using the Jeopardy motif, uh, to announce your draft choice. I, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was poignant. I thought it was a great moment. We'd all we'd all known about Alex's health problems, and to see him on the screen announcing the Ottawa Senators in in the Jeopardy mode, I thought it was brilliant. Uh, um, I, I'll always remember that image. Uh, how did that come about? Um, I guess who thought about it? How did it progress? How did you make it happen? Well, it was actually. Um my girlfriend and I were sitting trying to figure out, you know, what can you do that's special? And I was going all the way back to thinking that, hey, what, what do we do if uh, we actually get first pick? And you take uh, Alex Lafreniere. And um, I was going to throw a huge party in, uh, in Ottawa, outdoors, you know, all safe and <laughs> distance. We actually had city approval for a distance event. Um, and it was um, going to be outdoors. It was going to be a big, big party. So when we didn't get uh, Alex, I still thought, you know what? We're gonna. We knew who we we're gonna get. We knew that we were gonna get Tim. Um, it was up like several days before, and um, you know he <laughs> he'd never heard of, uh, or if he did, it was barely heard of uh, Jeopardy. But uh, you know, we just took a shot and uh, had uh, the marketing people call up um, Alex's uh, Trebek's. Uh, agents and said, you know, we got this idea. We're from Ottawa. He's uh, got base. he's got a lot of ties to Ottawa, which they they obviously knew right away because uh, Alex went to university there, Trebek. And um, uh, it was uh, they they said yes right away. It wasn't even a discussion. And then they just ran with it. And we got to hand it to those people. They. Um, you know, my people set made sure that we get everything organized properly and we get everything done properly. Um, but uh, at the end, they took it upon themselves. They did the cold card, you know, that says, and they, you know, all that, that whole setup. We didn't expect that. All we wanted him was on a green screen kind of say, hey, this is the pick. But they turned it into a whole production. And I think the NHL was really pleased with it. And, uh, it uh, for us, it was important that we make it a special event because I think this is you know, we have high hopes for Tim Stutzla, 
And, uh, you know, we brought him into the organization in a very unique way. And I think uh, it's all, uh, you know, it's all forward from there. But that's basically the genesis of it. We just wanted to make something real special. And that's something that uh, came up with. You certainly did make it special, Eugene. And, and my congratulations on that. Naz, uh, go ahead. What are the uh, chances of uh, the Ottawa Senators going to the playoffs? Oh, boy. We're still, you know, it, it's, I think it's still very early. That's the objective. I think that we have, we needed, um, we really needed a center, and, and we just got him. Um, we were we were short one player. There's nothing else we need to add at this point. I got to be honest with you. There's, uh, you know, we've gone through. We're done. Pierre has a couple more signings to do, but um, you know, now to answer your question, I think it's better than a fifty-fifty shot. I really do. Um, and that's just not me talking. That's uh, the internal group that uh, has to manage these players. But with a little bit of luck and a couple of players stepping up, I think that we have a very good shot. And, um, you know, we, we think it's, I, I, I personally believe that the, it's a, there's no one dominant team in Canada. I really don't believe that. It's, some people say, yeah, but they're all localized. And they think that way. You know, you talk to a reporter in Montreal, he's, of course, going to tell you that the Habs are going to take it in a sweep. And then you talk to a Toronto reporter, half of them will tell you that the Leafs will take it. And you go to Ottawa and everybody's just hoping. <laughs> We're hoping. Uh, but, you know, we just finished a rebuild. That's the key. And um, which meant that we had three very bad seasons, which we expected. We completely expected this. And um, now we're just coming out of it. How quickly we can get out and get into you know all of the different uh, systems that they have to learn and play effectively as a team. You know that's up to these players and the talent we have. We think we have it. I think we have a good shot. I think it's better than fifty-fifty. Put it that way, Dad. I think you do too. I think you do too. I think Montreal is overrated, but uh, I think <laughs> Ottawa has a really good shot of making the playoffs. Yeah, we're uh, we're 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 kind of thrilled with with Pierre, uh, what you guys are doing with the Senators. We'd really like to. Uh, obviously, we want to see the Toronto Police win the Stanley Cup, but we want to see uh, we want to see the Senators rise. We want it. We want we want Ottawa market to be as healthy as possible. We want you to be successful, uh, Eugene. Just a couple of minutes left. I I. Uh, chatted with you briefly about this over the phone uh, just before we went on air. Uh, I got got the uh, opportunity to listen to an interview you did with Bob McCowan and John Shannon a little while ago, and it reminded me of, uh, you know, you're an Ottawa Senator's owner, but uh, you have an incredible amount of expertise uh, through your, through your businesses in, in, in the pharmaceutical industry and, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, you're 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 an expert in a lot of things that may be going on in the world. We've got a vaccine, we've got COVID, uh, we've got all those types of issues. Eugene, um, and I want I, I wanted to give a footnote to uh, to McCowan and Shannon because uh, I think it's only appropriate. Um, um, what's it going to take from a medical perspective to get fans back into the seats at a sporting event, an NHL game, and in what time period do you foresee that? 
All right, I'm talking, I'm not speaking on behalf of the NHL um, or, you know, any formal group. Just my personal opinion, just based on my experience, I've been very consistent since March and nothing has changed in my mind. There's a vaccine or several vaccines, as expected, that would come out that claim that they have um, uh, you know, the, the ability to somehow deflect the COVID, uh, the COVID away from people. I don't think that we're anywhere near the point that you can count on that vaccine. There's no, you just can't. You can try it, you, sh- you know, and you should if your doctor approves it. But, you know, I'm one of these people that uh, I've seen it all my, all my life. Since I was 20 years old, I've been in this business. So I've pretty much seen it all in the last 40 years. And we are still a, will, a bit away from having uh, uh, a vaccine that you can ab- absolutely rely on. And I think what's going to happen, this is a multiple-year process. I don't want to be Debbie Downer here, but the fact is, that these vaccines especially need time. Time is not your friend when it comes to developing uh, vaccines. It takes time, it takes testing, and we still don't know the long-term side effects of these vaccines, and we won't. You know, when I used to develop drugs, and these were known drugs, drugs that people have taken for, for, for decades and reformulated them into new <clears throat> released drugs. That's all I did. And, uh, you know, it became a huge hit. We still had to do thousands of patients, thousands in testing of known drugs, known side effects, everything known about them. But you still we were required to do safety tests. We're now taking drugs after nine months of development, um, not even and saying, OK, this is safe, effective. Go ahead. Well, that's not that's not correct. However, if you got nothing else, this is what you're left with. I think that we are, by the time, the best thing you focus and everybody should be focusing on is testing and testing and testing. Everybody wants the same thing. They want to be with big groups of people. We're social animals and it's terrible. But you don't see the effect of COVID is what it's doing to mental health across the world of people being isolated. What you need is the, the assurance that you're, if you go to a party, everybody at that party, has been tested and is clean. I just came off of a, an event with a dozen friends. Everybody went through the same protocols. We all got tested. We all were in a bubble and we didn't get off. I was on a boat. We, nobody was allowed off the boat for for 10 days. Nobody, period. It was a total bubble. I'm a believer that you can have fans in right now, like today. If you And I've got a plan and it's been submitted that we could put up to 6,000 people in our arena very, very safely by distancing, testing, putting on a mask, and just making sure they can take and do all the right protocols. So it can happen already, guys. We can do it. Uh, I, I just put it, uh, uh, Eugene, I just want to follow that point um, just yes. a little bit. Just to, I just want to know how it's going to work from a pre- I get the part about that you can have people distanced when they're sitting, yeah. how do you get 6,000 people into an arena and distance them while they're getting in without lineups and that kind of stuff? It's, it's pretty straightforward. <clears throat> the way you do it is you basically, you're, you sit in your seat until you're called. And it's section 116 row, you know, section 116 
all even rows. Go to the left, you guys get out. And you just, you know, people will distance themselves. It'll just take time. That's all. So it's going to take you an extra 10, 15 minutes to get in and get out. And I think people are cautious enough that they kind of stay away from others when they're walking around uh, in tighter quarters. As long as people are educated that way. Uh, and you don't have a, you know, you got pretty educated people coming to hockey games. You're not dummies. And they know that if they're going in, they've been read the riot act. They're constantly through public uh, announcements being told, um, you know, you just hammer into them. This is the way we're going to see things going forward. And, um, yeah, they can jump up, but you're in a bubble. So there's nobody around your little bubble of four to six people or two. If you take a look at the football games on television today, take a look. The ones that have people in the stadiums, they're distanced enough. You're not hearing about any super spreader events. And that's exactly, I think, if you hand it over to the private sector, we have a responsibility. We have liability as well. And uh, we'll ensure that it happens with the proper oversight. And it can happen, guys. We can start tomorrow. We just need to convince the regulators, and the, in this case, um, the local uh, regulators and the province, that uh, we're, we are responsible people. We know what we're doing, and we know how to get this executed properly. And uh, we can start right away. It just, it's got to start small with a lot of testing. If you ask me how far are we from a reliable, safe, Vaccine, I think it's three years. That's my bet. I, yeah. No, but you can still take this one. This one could work. I'm just not, I personally wouldn't take a vaccine for at least another, personally, six days, six months to a year. Not until I see what everybody else, what happens to other people. But if you think you want to take it and take, take the risk, it's safe enough that people aren't dropping like flies. But I just, um, it's much better than getting COVID, you know? Uh, COVID scares me, and it, very few things scare, you know, medicine scare me. But this one, you just don't know the long-term effects. And um, I'm working on a bunch of projects, uh, one very specific project on how we can do testing without needing blood or saliva. And, um, uh, you know, we're a couple of months still away, but, you know, bet on science. I can tell you that. You can bet on the brilliance of the scientists around the world. This will be solved. It will. It just, you try to rush this stuff and, um, you know, you, you just can't rush it. You, it takes, unfortunately, it takes time and patience. And it doesn't seem to be a lot of that around these days. But uh, look, I'm optimistic it will get solved. We will get back to, I hope, uh, 18,000 people in our arena. So, we ser- but we Eugene, can, uh, we can do seven now. Yeah. We've been talking to Eugene Mount. Eugene, we've run out of time. Uh, we, should, we wish we had more time. Listen, we want to thank you so much for this. The conversation has been very, very illuminating. We, uh, we appreciate uh, you sharing your expertise with us in, in, so, many different, uh, in so many different areas, especially, uh, especially your expertise when it comes to vaccines and the, and the whole drug industry, pharmaceuticals. We very much appreciate it. We wish you the best of health. Uh, we thank wish you, you a you happy too. new year. And we look forward to the day when uh, everything's up and running, and we can, uh, we can, Naz and I can take, uh, get in our car, go down the far one, and come and come and see the Ottawa Senators in Ottawa. We look forward to that day. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it. And have a great day. Same to you, Eugene Melnick. Thank you. Thank you, Naz. We got a minute left. Uh, we got the Leafs coming up. Uh, you made a really bold prediction on social media this week, Naz. You think the Leafs are going to win the Stanley Cup?
Well, this is the best, best shot they're going to have in a while with uh, playing in the Canadian division. Is it? Uh, well, Too bad they didn't, they didn't sign Chera, though. Well, I, I read uh, I read uh, something about from Steve Simmons this morning on why they didn't. Uh, they had to make the move on Bogosian, and when they made the move on Bogosian, they really didn't understand. They, you know, the Chera situation hadn't played itself out yet in Boston, um, so it, that may have been a timing issue more than anything else. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that the big guy back on the uh, on the uh, Toronto Maple Leaf defense would look at that at that salary uh, range would look pretty good. Naz, Clock has struck ten. Last words. Bills will win the Super Bowl. That's what Joe Theismann says. Or we'll be, we'll be in the Super Bowl. I agree Hopefully. with you. Uh, to all our listeners, once again, a happy new year. Uh, be safe, and uh, we'll be back again next Sunday morning. Have a great week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.